Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. So, do you want marketing made simple? Shopify removes the guesswork with built-in tools that help you create, execute, and analyze all your online marketing campaigns. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com income now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com income. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Oh, well, hi, I didn't see you there. Today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lehrer, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, hashtag real duck, Melissa Goldman, hashman, hashtag real Goldman, Jess Lightning, the best dress on this show, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Taskier, Cal McLeod, Fire September, Sam Bergman, Mina Maniri, Monica Theroux, Brand Black. <laughs> <laughs> Haley Murray and Allison Wonderland. Um, and this episode was requested by Mina Maniri. So just, just, I hope you're happy, Mina. But these folks give us a little financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. If you'd like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, such as patron only commentaries, third episodes a day early, or even earlier, our after parties. And if you pay enough money, like Mina Maniri here, um, you can request episodes that we can do and thank you for all your support is there anything else you have yeah i guess um anything else you want to say andrew you want to thank them i've already thanked them i just did (laughs) thanking mina by name and say it right thank you uh angel moroni (laughs) all right guys let's start the show I'm Jesse McAnally. And I'm Andrew DeWolf. And welcome to Musicals with Cheese, a podcast where I try to get Andrew to like musical theater. How are you doing today, Andrew? Um, well, I mean, I could be better. Uh, my, uh, my secret gay lover just died randomly for no reason. And my ex-girlfriend I, I, is... I uh, heard that he took a lot of hallucinogens and, like, died on stage because of ODs. What? No, I killed him. <laughs> what you did yeah no this is not a bit this has nothing to do with the show we're talking about oh oh no yeah no this is oh this is unrelated jess what show are we talking about by the way oh no (laughs) this week we are talking about bear a pop opera or as it was later retitled when it became a completely different new piece bear the musical Man, I can't wait for Bear the Rock Opera or Bear the Opera. What about <laughs> What about Bear the Movie? Ooh, Bear the Movie. And then based on that Bear the Movie, the video game. What about <laughs> Bear the Movie Part 3, Brother Bear? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Do you know well, of course you do what it's like to stand outside To watch the world and wish you didn't hurt so much you cry I know I'm not the only one and I know I shouldn't care But when I feel these things are real, I wish I felt you there And if I did, I'd ask you how come life is so unfair Do you know, well, of course you do what it's like to be afraid Nothing will become of all the plans that you have made So I watch the girls surround him and he says it's just a game I guess 
and I believe him, but it hurts me just the same. And I'm all about this stupid act, so who am I to blame? Are you there? Are you there? Do you watch me when I cry? And if it's in your power, how can you say I'd be Bear, also known as Bear, a pop opera, is a coming-of-age rock musical with music by Damon Intrabartolo, lyrics by John Hatmere, and a book by Hatmere and Intrabartolo. The story focuses on a group of high school students and their struggles at their private Catholic boarding school. The musical was later revived as Bear, the musical. The revised musical returned to Off-Broadway for a limited run in June of 2013 at the York Theatre Company. This production was produced by Sponge Theatricals and Midtown Arts Common as a benefit for as a benefit for the LGBT youth homeless shelter, Trinity Place Shelter. The original production closed on February 3rd, 2013. Andrew, I can't even ask you what you think of this, since technically you and I watch different versions of this. <laughs> well, I guess we can't discuss it then. Uh, see you guys later. Bye. I'm waving. I'm waving right now. That's the episode. <laughs> Fuck you, Mina Maniri. We didn't even watch your stupid show. <laughs> no, no, no. So, how we wanted to break this up, and I wanted to be fair, is usually I don't want to make Andrew watch more than one thing because we have to record these both back to back. So I sent him the original Bear a Pop Opera, where it was a full opera, and I decided. I had watched Bear a Pop Opera many years ago, but it's not really in my memory. But I had not watched Bear the Musical, the revival version, where they turned it into a basic book musical. So I decided to take a look at that because I was really on a Bear at Wilbert Weed kick, and I just dived into that. So that is where we stand and kind of where our difference is and where it's fresh in our mind. So now that we have that disclaimer, Andrew, what did you think of Bear a Pop Opera? Um... If I had to try to describe this, I would say it was very mediocre. Um, I, I was not blown away by anything in this, in the slightest. And a lot of the music I felt like I have heard before from shows like uh, Rent, Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, I mean, I know some a lot of these some shows are afterwards, but like a lot of modern pop musicals sound very similar, uh, if, if that's fair to say. Um and the plot reminded me a lot of, um, well, like falsettos, something like that. <laughs> I disagree. It feels nothing like falsettos. It feels like Rent meets Next to Normal meets a little bit of Spring Awakening, which you haven't seen yet. But don't worry, you will. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't feel the Rent as much in the plot as, as I did in the music, um, because I don't like Rent, and I, I didn't hate this as much as I hate Rent at all. Because the characters in this, I actually did kind of like on some level. So, whereas in Rent, I can't stand anyone in that. <laughs> so, th this is, is got a bonus from that. It's, it's a plus from that. I find the story in the original pop opera very, very difficult to follow. And even for me, someone who's used to like the musical theater techniques and storytelling. I so, I'm very, very interested in... Andrew describing the plot. I felt like I followed it, and I and that's different because usually I feel like I didn't follow it. So this one, I kind of actually felt like I did. Um, but maybe I have the whole plot wrong. So like it might be just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, what did you think of the revision? Because I didn't, I didn't really see much of that. You told me a little bit about what they changed, but I didn't get the whole rundown. <clears throat> So let me run down, like, what is on Wikipedia about what has changed, and then I'll tell you what exactly my thoughts are. So, <clears throat> the creative heads analyzed the show with resulting changes that included making St. Cecilia students' relationships more complex, changing or removing characters, adding and removing songs, and incorporating current technology and social media. Although Damon Intrabarlato did not have a, a real... It, it, 
real intricate role in the production, Shankel consulted him with concerning the revisions in order to follow through with his primary primary intent. The team also added the star to Peter and Jason's relationship and took away the roommate aspect of their situation. So basically, they meet and fall in love and start a relationship in the show. They don't just start as it. And the song Roll of a Lifetime no longer belongs to Peter, but they gave it to Jason instead. Um, and remember the sister Nadia um, playing Jane Fatass, if you remember that song? Yeah. Um, and you remember Lucas, the drug dealer in your version? Not, not really, no, but yeah. <clears throat> Basically, they merged those two characters together, and Nadia is now no longer overweight, and she is the school drug dealer and an angry outcast. She still roommates with Ivy, but she is now the drug dealer, so they can cut out an entire character and give Nadia more to deal with. Okay. Because really, in your version that you watched, she kind of sits around, plays cello, and bitches about her roommate and this guy, Max. Yeah, she plays that one cello concerto that everyone plays. I played that. I, I performed that on electric bass. <laughs> I forget what it's called. It's like but it's Bach she's given or a some lot. shit. It's Bach cello number mm-hmm. four. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but she's given a lot of active plot relevance. Like, she's the one that gives her brother the drugs that he eventually kills himself with. So she's tied a little bit more to the story instead of... It feels a little bit less of a big advanced school where everyone kind of knows each other and feels a little bit more condensed. But also, that's very important with storytelling, so don't bitch about that. <laughs> Ivy has been made a transfer student and is now dating Matt, reasons that provide a stronger basis for Nadia's anger. So really, Nadia has much more reason to be mad at Ivy. Um, The students that throw a birthday party for Jason instead of Ivy, since Ivy's a new student. The character of Peter's mother was also eliminated, so that entire coming out to your mother subplot is removed. Which I kind of miss, but overall, I get it kind of derailed the story a bit. Yeah, a little bit. Although it did have a lot of conflict um, between him and Jason, but whatever. It's a different conflict in this. It's more about revealing yourself to the student body as opposed to coming out to your parents in this. Um, and a lot of the aspects of that mother character is brought into a new progressive nun, Sister Joan, who is played by Missy Pyle, who you guys might recognize from Gone Girl or Big Fish. So she more or less acts as like this moral center. She's cool. She's the hip nun that's going to teach you about contraception and is OK with gay people. So not really. And a the nun. priest is on the <laughs> basically. <laughs> Um, also added is the character of Father Mike. Um, both replace similar characters from the original production. The show's timeline is very different. Jason does not break up with Ivy right away after Break and Kiss Your Broken Heart. Instead, they platonically date for a while. He breaks up with her right before Pilgrim's Hands and reconciles with Peter after You're Not Alone. And... It's just a lot more dramatic because everything's all interconnected and it feels like there's much more at stake. And since they get together on screen, you can actually see that Peter and Jason have developed their own kind of um, clicks, so to say. So there's a lot more socially at risk if they fuck up. Yeah, yeah. And they release up. It makes more sense to cut some of the characters because, like, I mean, I didn't even realize there was a drug dealer character. I think I missed that whole plot. <laughs> His name was Lucas. He said that they were cool. I didn't I didn't miss him, and I liked Nadia a lot more when she was given this characteristic. You felt that she was a lot more fucked up that way in the way that you don't really feel like the Nadia from the original musical was. Yeah. Or the original opera was. I mean, Nadia, I kept waiting for her to have something to do like plot wise and it never really happened so i don't know (laughs) well in this one she's the one in my version she's the one that outs her brother oh there you go like she she goes through um her roommate's phone and finds a picture of him making out with peter and then leaks it to matt who then confronts them both and outs him to ivy who's pregnant with their child it's a fucking soap opera but yeah, there, there's... It's better done in the musical. And the fact is, all the confusing music sections where everyone's singing is now turned to dialogue, so you're able to understand it better. There is a lot of shit that happens in this. <laughs> yes, if you didn't actually understand what I was saying there, don't worry. It won't make much more sense if you actually listen to it. Okay, I... So is this the part where I attempt to describe what happens in this? 
I mean, it probably would have been better if you had said it before <laughs> I broke down the changes, but go for it. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, just stop me the second I get something wrong. Um, I'll try my best, but remember, I've seen two versions, and they're starting to blur together at this point. Jason and Peter... Okay, well, the thing is about Peter mostly, kind of, but it's also kind of about Jason. Jason is like this hot guy. You see, you see, you see that's, the biggest, that's the biggest difference between your version and my version. Mine is mostly about Jason, but continue. Okay, well, Jason is like this hot guy that all the girls like, and Peter is like a nobody, kind of, but they're dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also these... Secretly. Secretly, obviously, because they're Catholics. Because they're in a Catholic school. Yep. Which, making them Catholic, I guess, allows this story to stay relevant for a longer period of time. Because uh, <laughs> this, this wouldn't really work in some liberal arts college, I don't think. <laughs> uh, Fair. Then, okay. And then there's another set of people, which is Nadia and Ivy... And Ivy is like a hot girl, and Nadia is like not, and she likes she likes musicals because she has a bunch of posters on her wall of musical shows, like Hedwig and, and the she Angry really Inch. wants to play Juliet. Yes, and she really wants to play Juliet, but she won't because she's too fat. Sad cello, play sad cello music for that. Can you bad ch- cello? You see, in the <laughs> in my version. <laughs> She isn't given the role because her brother was given the role of Juliet or Romeo. And they couldn't And kiss. they didn't want two siblings kissing. Yeah. That's gross. Except for siblings kiss platonically probably all the time, but whatever. Yeah, my sister gave me a platonic hand job when I was seven. It's fine. Me and my sister still shower together. It's fine. Me and your sister still shower together. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay, then. Hi, Emily. I hope you're there's listening. There's another character named Matt who yes. is in love with Ivy. Yes. And Nadia is in love with Matt. Okay, I didn't really get that part, but okay. That might just be in my version. I think it is in the other version, but I think I just kind of didn't get it quite. Honestly, at first I thought mm-hmm. Nadia was in love with Ivy, and I thought it was going to be like a weird... I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, she's not. Um, See, I'd like that better if it was how it was. Yeah, um, okay. So, it's kind of just like this big love square where Jason, Ivy's in love with Jason, Peter and Jason are in love, but it's secret. Matt is in love with Ivy, but Matt can't get Ivy because Ivy wants Jason, and yeah. Eventually, Peter and Jason break up for some reason. I think there's too much pressure from having to hide it all the time. So Jason goes out right. with Ivy and gets her pregnant, but then they break up because, well, he's, he's still in he's, love with he's still gay. Peter. <laughs> okay, here's the question: Is he gay or bi? <clears throat> he's gay. I think he's gay. All right. Why? Why? Okay, because it is a little bit more blurred because he does say, "I don't even know what I am yet," and he's like, "You've made out with me. You're gay," and he's like, "Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't care." <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say he's gay to make it easier on everyone listening. <laughs> it just simplifies it a little more. I don't know. My thought was he's trying to go out with <laughs> Ivy to like prove to himself that he's not gay, but it didn't work. Yeah, that was my thought. I don't know. Ivy gets pregnant. Uh, Matt, I think Matt reveals something, or Matt knows because like Peter kisses Matt or some shit. Pete. Peter drunkenly whispered it in his ear. I remember this from your version that he was they were in a relationship. Yeah. It works much better when Nadia just finds out by looking through in Ivy's phone. Doesn't that kind of make Matt's character like irrelevant though? What do you mean? Like I felt like Matt was only in there just to be the guy to reveal the whole thing. I mean, he still is cuz Nadia goes to Matt and says, "Yeah, I don't know what to do." And then he just goes out oh, okay. and fucks it up. I'm a wreck it. I'm a wreck it. Matt has like the most generic <laughs> I'm a I'm the bad guy haircut in the my version. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, he's gonna be the guy to find out and he's gonna reveal it, huh? And then he was and it was like Can I give you a fun fact about your version? Sure. <laughs> the one who played Peter in your version is the one that directed my version. That's interesting. Very cool. Very cool. 
All right, keep going. We gotta get through this plot somehow. Okay, and then they actually do. So the whole time they're doing Romeo and Juliet. I didn't even mention that because it's like almost not relevant until the very end. Um, yeah, but they're doing Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, at the very end, Jason like. I, I thought he just got drunk before the show, but I guess he took a bunch of hallucinogens and they just show, they just, they, all they show is he takes a swig of some alcohol. So I thought that that's all he did, but whatever. Um, then he dies and then Peter is sad and everyone's sad and it's over the end. Hey, 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 you're forgetting a special important part where he goes to the priest and the priest tells him, just hide it forever. You're not gay. Just put those feelings down in a bucket and crush it. Okay, Elsa. I was quoting Book of Mormon, but that's fine. <laughs> I was quoting Frozen. Frozen. I was referencing Frozen. I hate the ending. Did it just take me ten minutes Why? to explain that plot? <laughs> I hate the ending because he just... He dies at the end for no fucking reason. Are you sad that he dies? Like, no. Did you just love him so much that you didn't want him to die? No. I just think it's stupid that he dies. It's such a... I feel like it's almost a cop-out. Like, they didn't know how to resolve all the stories that they created, so they're just like, He dies! The end! <laughs> <laughs> we got the gays, and the gays gotta die! Yeah, like, okay. So we have, like, all these plots that are on Jason. Ivy's pregnant. What is he gonna do about that? He's in love with Peter, but he doesn't want to tell anybody. What does he do about that? Everyone found out! What does he do? And then he just dies, and it's like, okay, I guess nothing gets resolved, <laughs> and that's the end. Cool. I guess when you you're in a really rough situation, die on stage publicly in front of everyone, and that'll solve all your problems. It doesn't solve any problems. It just ends the story. It's just it's lame. Hey, he doesn't have to father that kid, and he doesn't have to be in a relationship with Peter. Yeah. Cool. Great ending, guys. <laughs> I don't like the ending at all. I feel like it would have been better if he was forced to confront the situation. And actually solve something. And maybe he just diarrheas a whole bunch on stage and no one wants to talk to him. I, I feel like it's not a satisfying ending whatsoever. Maybe I'm in the minority here. But <laughs> Andrew, if you asked me to run away with you and you said, no, I don't want to, I'd take a bunch of GHB and just die on stage performing the, the Queen Mab monologue, you know. Yeah. And you know what I would say to that, Jess? What? Why the why the hell did you do that, Jess? <laughs> you wouldn't even know. I cannot believe you've committed suicide. We it's strange <laughs> how many suicides there are in musicals. It really is disturbing. I don't know. Someone um um the same fella that did the <laughs> um Miss Saigon, I can't believe you've committed suicide. Yep, same same thing here. I don't know. At least in Miss Saigon, though, like, her committing suicide didn't just abruptly end all the plot lines. Like, that actually was built up to, and that was a resolution to the plot. Whereas with this, it just, it's like, oh, we have all this drama, and then it builds up, and he just dies, and that's it. This doesn't feel like a story warranting suicide. No, it doesn't. It just, it feels lame, and it feels like they needed to actually come up with a real maybe what they happened is they wrote themselves into a corner and they were like how do we actually solve all these problems that we created and they're just like we can't i guess we'll just kill him <laughs> and you gotta really you gotta really feel bad for ivy because now i mean who's gonna raise that kid fucking nobody um do you really think that jason would have been that good a father he can't even figure out his own shit no i don't think he would have been a good father but you know now he's definitely not gonna be a good father yeah, now he, he's gonna be a good urn. Sorry, I was talking to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to hear your more of your opinions on this. Like, oh, I just went. Fuck. I just went through the whole plot here, and you got nothing to say, Jess. <laughs> I went through the whole plot of mine. Let's be fair. Okay. Well. Let me ask you this, what what is the point of Nadia as a character in, in the version I saw? She has absolutely no goddamn point in your version. She sings a couple pretty songs that a lot of girls like to pull out at auditions, and they're sad when those songs aren't in the new version where she actually has a point to be in the story. 
I feel like that Nadia is almost just in it because she's like the audience surrogate in a way like oh this is this is who we think are, is gonna like our show look she has posters of Hedwig and the Angry Inch on her wall you like that show right you like this character right <laughs> Andrew didn't like that show <laughs> I didn't like that show no hey you never watched the show you only watched a movie That's we're true. gonna do a review of that so that one day true. I didn't give it a Andrew fair shake might get it although I'm pretty sure Andrew- she has a I'm pretty sure Nadia has a poster of the movie on her wall but whatever <laughs> I agree with most of what you're saying. In my version, a lot of those problems are gone, and the drama is mostly of the interpersonal. But you also forgot to bring up a lot of the shit that didn't appear in mind. You know, like you hit the broad strokes of all the things that appeared in mind, but yeah, you didn't bring like... up the fact that Peter wanted to come out to his mom and was begging um, Jason yes. to come home with him so he could do it, which is what started their breakup. That's true. There's also really bizarre stuff like a uh, virgin mary shows up and sings a song and that peter brings that up and then it's like irrelevant after that and then who's the the sister has a bunch of songs and i <laughs> i don't know there's just so much stuff that happens <laughs> okay so john Hartmere, who wrote the book and lyrics to the new version, said, The biggest change is having more space to explore the characters. To know these characters a little bit better, you need more room. You need more room for book scenes, and I personally just wanted to get under the hood and investigate a little bit further. So, I think he's mostly talking about Nadia there, who is this drug dealer, who, which is much more active role in this. She's a much more sardonic, much more sarcastic. And she's not just poor me the entire time. And she is actively reaching out to Matt and trying to fuck him all the time. I feel like if that relationship, like, if that was played up more as a secondary couple in the version I saw, it might have, one, been more interesting to watch because it's not literally just the same drama over and over and over again. Um, But it also would have given it something to cut away to other than just these filler scenes where you have like, oh, he has a dream sequence where he sees the Virgin Mary, uh, or, or oh, the sister has a song where he she sings to Peter. I, I don't know. It just there seems to be a lot of filler stuff that just doesn't need to be there. And you see, the Virgin Mary song is still in my version, except it's done more as a parody of Madonna because you know Madonna, Madonna. It's a dumb pun. Um. It is a little bit less plot relevant and just there for fun. And it's like more about how useless like calling out to these Mary people are. Whereas the actual Mother Mary in your version is very plot relevant. Yes. She basically tells him what to do. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Or in this one, it's like, hey, don't you're, you're calling Mary. Don't waste your chance. And then he wastes his chance. Yep. I'm actually genuinely upset that they killed him at the end. I I really thought that that was a lame ending. I agree, and I'm not sure it's effectively done. Like, I feel like a tragic end for a character like um, Jason can be effective, and it does have an effective resolution. Like, I like the scene where Peter forgives the priest. I think that's well done, but I don't think it's earned. It's not earned, Andrew. It's not. It's really not... I think what they they really wanted, and I think the reason I compared it to falsettos at the beginning is because I think they really wanted that big tear-jerking, like, oh, he's dead. Oh, my goodness, he's dead. Oh, it's all so sad. But I just don't think they, they I don't think they earned it at all. <laughs> Would you say that falsettos earned it better? Yes, and I know I've been, I have, was famously really hard on that. I, I don't think I really was that hard on it, but whatever. Uh, I didn't think it was that sad personally. But I can definitely see how it was built up to a lot better than what they did in this and how someone could actually could be genuinely affected by that death. Whereas with this one, if you told me that, like, you cried when Jason died, I I, I feel like I, I could not I couldn't relate to that. That's just like, hey, don't, why? don't forget one of our $20 <laughs> patrons requested that we review this. I don't care. I'm not going to go easy on this just because Angel Maroni came down. <laughs> I... I love Mina Maneri, and I think she's a really great and fun person to talk to, because we just had that live stream, and she was great. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm going to go easy on this, because 
that's not who I am as a person. And that's not what she wants to see. She She's paying for a legitimate episode on this, and that's what we're giving her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of legitimacy, let's go into a mid-show announcement. <laughs> Hi guys, sorry to interrupt you in the middle of the show, but today's show is brought to you by the extremely kind donations by our donors over at Patreon. Tell us a little bit about Patreon, Andrew. Uh... Well, Patreon is where you go if you want to give us some money and see some extra features like uh, after parties, uh, after every show we record a little bit more, just talking about what we uh, discussed or or just unrelated shit, which is what it most of the time is. Um, and we also talk about the Batman casting. Yeah, we talk about Batman a lot for some reason. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Our current patrons, and I'm going to go through this fast because we have a lot of them right now, but... Our current patrons are Stephanie L., Terry Needleman, Max Lunig, Benjamin Lira, Lily Ackles, Mackenzie Horner, John Donna, Taryn the Duck, Melissa Goldman, Jess Lightning, Ewan Cassidy, Haley McDonald, Tiskir, Colin McLeod, Fire September, Sam Bergman, Mina Maniri, M- Monica Thoreau, Brent Black, hi Brent, Haley Murray, and Allison Wonderland, which I really like that last name, and thank you, Mina Maniri, for uh, this episode, by the way. Big thanks. Thank you for making us watch this. But these folks give us a little extra financial support that helps us keep the lights on here at Musicals with Cheese. If you'd like to join them in supporting us and get tons of fun perks, such as patron-only commentaries, our episodes a day early, or even earlier, come join us over at Patreon. Andrew, let's get back to the show. Tell me why I should trust you when the girls all us to touch you. When I have you near me, I go out of my mind You need help there, you're cute And it's tough to argue with the hard on Think that you could lend a hand here If I had the time Jason Peter, don't you worry Jason Cause I wouldn't leave you Jason Not even for Zach Go, hey, looking good, man Jason What we have is perfect Jason Then we'll tell my mother Jason Let's lay off the crack and I, you take my hand, leaving me breathless. Take a look in these big blue eyes so you'll understand. And know why we whisper in the hallways, I'll be with you always. Running together, forever you and I. There's something that I want to Let's ask talk about you and I, which is Jason and Peter's song. Basically, cementing their relationship. Is this the one with the baseball bat? I think so. Yeah. That was some weird lyrics. I, I was thinking, like, who calls their penis a baseball bat? <laughs> you know? Is that, I mean, a, is that a normal thing that college kids do? I didn't. I never really truly went to college. Like, I never stayed in a dorm or anything like that. So I've never heard anyone call their penis a baseball bat, but maybe that's a normal thing. Hey, guys, what does your penis look like? Leave a comment <laughs> down on Twitter. Is your is your penis very small at the at the base and gets extremely large at the end? Just like a baseball I have bat? S- I shouldn't say that. Should not say that, Jess. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's take it either like... Okay, I'm Jess, here's what I'm curious about, actually. How... Yeah? Because in, in the you and I that I saw, um, they are already going out. In, in the version where they're not already going out, how does this song work? It kind of builds up to them starting to go out, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, at one point, he's wearing his Letterman jacket, and then they kind of switch shirts, and then they kind of play around, and then they're making out by the end of the song. So they they get together very early in the show. They get together early in the show, but whereas in your version, it's kind of implied they've been together for years. A little bit, yeah. In fact, I was, I was almost one, a little bit what? confused as to, like, oh, they're already... I guess these two are just a thing, okay. Which is why I think it was a smart idea to introduce, like, that conflict early in the show new version because at least then you kind of get the idea of it yeah yeah okay um i think it works better in my version just because i don't think the lyrics are as good in my version um even with the baseball bat as a penis reference well of course i mean that's one of the best lyrics i've ever heard in my life andrew that that is genius that is it's it's pretty good quality i thought i honestly though i thought it was funny i I did laugh (laughs) It's one of those lines that is goofy. Like, one of the things I do appreciate about Bear is it isn't afraid to be funny. It doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, I think Rent could learn a thing or two from this. Well, Rent tries to be funny. It just doesn't work. Yes, that's what I'm saying. 
It's things like, oh, what's an uber serious one? <laughs> There's a lot of way too serious musicals out there. I don't know. We got all your favorites like Parade and Next to Normal. Par- Parade's got laughs. <laughs> Next to Normal has laughs. So fuck you. <laughs> Jess, just because you're laughing doesn't mean it's funny. <laughs> the audience laughs, Andrew. The audience laughs. <laughs> so maybe you're the weird one. I'm the weird one. Okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> Can we talk about the songs? I don't remember what the name of the song is, but there's like songs, several songs where they're just singing Shakespeare lines. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> did they cut that in the rework? Because that would have been one of the first yes, things I would have cut. Yes, they did, thank goodness. I was going to say, that would have been one of the very first things I would have cut. I would have been like, that. It does this? sound pretty, though. It does sound very pretty when you have all those voices working together. I don't think the music itself is bad with it. It's just, like, lyrically, them singing, like, you know, just random lines from Shakespeare works is, like, it's just weird. <laughs> I thought you loved something it. rotten. Something rotten never did that, I don't think, did they? Yeah. I mean, they, now they, is the now is the winter of our discontent. I suppose they do it a few times, but it makes a little more sense when Shakespeare is an actual character in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you make a point. <laughs> Let's talk about role of a lifetime. Pleasing everyone, and he assumes that role to such renown. He plays a perfect part, straight from his heart, knowing the risk he takes, and hoping that the house is not brought down. The role of a lifetime, it's living a fantasy. A drama that you struggle to erase Thoughts battle words over deeds A war with such casualties All played out behind a smiling face Role of a Lifetime So this is sung by Peter in your version, where he's basically preparing for his auditions and all that. Yes, And he's talking about how the role of a lifetime is pretending to be straight when you're really gay. Yes. And And they give it to Jason in your version. Yes, and in your version, it's a it makes less sense because Peter's more wanting to be out, which I am vacillating between these two choices is a sad thing. I feel like they both work as a choice because... I mean, him saying that it's the role of a lifetime still doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't want to come out. But it could work as an I want song for why he wants to come out. It could. Absolutely. So giving it to Jason might actually not make sense. Yes, which is an argument I've seen. And the placement is changed very drastically. For you, role of a lifetime for Peter is like the second song, second main song. It's extremely early in the show. For me, it is the second song before the end of Act 1. It's the last song really? before the Act 1 closer. Yes. Oh, that's a very big change. What? So how do they do that? Um, All the stuff happens, and it happens right after Peter and Jason break up. Okay. Yeah, that's bizarre. So who has the I Want song in that, then? Nobody does, and that's a really weird thing. You and I act in the I Want song place. Okay, so it's like a couple's thing, maybe. Maybe that's what they're going for? Nope. Like, as a couple, this is what they want? Moral, I guess so. But then again, it is them discovering they're in love with each other instead of your version where they're already together. That is bizarre, structure-wise. So I, yes, I could it see, is. I could see people disliking that change. I can, too. There's a lot of changes in my version that I like, but that's one of them I'm not 100% sure I love. Yeah. 
Do you remember? Okay, we're gonna move on from that because okay. I think we said all we can say about that. Um, do you remember the song "A Quiet Night at Home"? I do remember that song. A quiet night at home, just me and my good shepherd. He and I can count a million sheep. A quiet night at home, filling up the time till finally I get to sleep. pretty and nice and sweet right it is and it has the little cello solo thing that she plays it's it's all right it's cut entirely in my version (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of irrelevant plot wise though it's like it's just this side character singing about how she's alone again although what i don't quite get about it is don't all of her friends come over and like ask her to come and she says no and then she's singing about how everyone left Basically, it makes no sense, and I like it better when Nadia is only friends with people when she has drugs. Like, that is very visually plain shown, and it shows, like, her stresses about life very... Without having to give her a song about, I'm sitting at home and it's sad. Oh, look at I can play cello, and cello is a sad instrument to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know, and I thought, my first thought with that whole thing is all of her friends come over and are like, yeah, come on out, we're all going out, and she's like, I don't want to, and then she sits at home and she's like, ugh, all my friends left me again. Like, like so did, what did you want them to sit in your room with you? Like, is that what this song's about? <laughs> Who's out there? Matt? Yeah, are you alright? I'm fine. You have some wine, this is holy wine Father hasn't blessed it yet In that case, grab a chalice Thanks, life sucks Here, have the rest So why'd you leave? The party? Yeah I was getting kind of bored Till there's another reason Yeah It sucks to be ignored I know, I always fight to do what's right And this is my reward This is my reward Are you there? Are you there? time for me they tell me that you're out there and they tell me that you see i tried to find the meaning God, here's another song i want to talk to you about and compare your version to my version are sure. you there do you remember this between matt and peter yeah this is uh is this where he tells him in your version yes yes okay yeah i do remember this then tell me what happens in your version more or less of this song uh peter and matt are both singing basically to god asking why their life is so unfair after um well after jason leaves peter for ivy and basically ivy doesn't go out with matt which is what he wants so they're both upset that life is so unfair and they sing to each other and then peter has like a moment with him for some reason because like they're probably both drunk i guess and he tells him that he's gay with jason let me tell you what happens in my version sure so the musical starts with Matt and Ivy dating already. Okay. And then that Ivy makes Matt breaks... less of a less of a creepy guy, I guess, doing that though. Yeah, it does. And she breaks up with him in a way that kind of makes you hate Ivy, <laughs> where she's like, "You're a really nice guy, Matt. I wish we were in a place where that meant more." <laughs> yikes! That yikes! Is... That is a big yikes. And hashtag was... hashtag nice guy syndrome. <laughs> And was there a subplot in your version? It's been a long time since I watched your version where Ivy (laughs) allegedly slept with her teacher at her old school. Um, No, there's not. Okay, that's a big plot point in this where Nadia just spreads that rumor like wildfire and Ivy denies it at first, but then later confesses to it. 
So it is. And, it is actually true in your version. Yes, um, and Nadia doesn't wanted, exist in my version. Yeah, <laughs> and Nadia wanted to spread it so that Matt would break up with Ivy because I or Nadia wanted to fuck Matt. He, he, you know, high school bullshit. And then they sing yes. "Are You There" separately. They're not even in the same room. They just kind of sing it, <laughs> like there's two spotlights, and they're just singing out to God. I guess Matt is more justified in singing it this time because yeah. Right. But I kind of miss the bonding element between Peter and Matt. I honestly, I like Matt's character and I feel like I wish there was more with him. There's a lot more with him in my version. Let me tell you that. He doesn't really do much in this one. And then at the, by the end, he's just kind of like bad person who revealed it. Ha ha. Gotcha. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Um, I want to say good kudos on the world for making the F slur like a lot less used. I remember when I was like a kid, I heard it all the time. But while rewatching this, I was like, ah, I don't like hearing that at all. Yeah. So kudos on the world. I don't remember not using that word as much. I don't think they say it in the version I watched. Um, yeah, Matt had to scream it at um, Jason at one point. Yeah, maybe he did. I don't remember. Because that's the main plot point. Don't worry, Jess. We'll just get other slurs that are going to be just as bad, and we'll use those instead. That's just how language works. Okay, great, great. All right, so we're going to talk about one more song in Act 1. So much for our ever after I thought the good guys would triumph I trusted the hero I didn't hear his goodbye I guess it was lost in the talk Of a straight acting coward Who are you to go and blame this all on me? You're the one who went ahead and changed the rules What? You found your way and now it's all okay Is it that simple then? Really? You're such a fool Like a striking midnight, can't you hear? Not all tales have happy endings We can't keep pretending Cause there's no such thing as heroes who are queer Sure thing. And it's Ever After for you, but in my version, it's I Meant to Tell You. They're sung to the exact same melody, so they're basically the same song. But they changed the lyrics. Yes. Yeah, so what? Describe what happens in your version. <laughs> this is where, like, doesn't Jason tell Peter that he's never coming back together with him or whatever the heck? Basically. I, yeah. Yeah. So basically, Peter is like begging him to come back, and and Jason's just like, "No, we're done forever. I can't do this anymore." Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, he, and he says like, "So much for our ever after," which is the phrase. Yeah. And my version, which I think. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go no, ahead, I want to hear ahead. what you were gonna say. Isn't isn't so much for our ever after a a pop song that came out? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Go ahead. But in my version, <laughs> it's I meant to tell you, which is I meant to tell you I loved you instead of so much for our ever after. Okay. And I think kind of the same thing, isn't it? Yes, but your version is much more operatic and more unsaid. Where this one's like, fuck it, we're being direct. We gotta get to the like idiots in the audience and let them know what's going on. You know what? I'm an idiot in the audience, and I do like it when things are direct. I think in a story, I agree. If you're telling a story, be as direct so we know exactly what our characters want, because that's important in storytelling. But as a song, I think I prefer Ever After as a song. Well, when you when you just sing a song by itself, you can be a lot more vague about things. That's why a lot of pop songs are and rock songs are just not about anything at all. It's just like, oh, love or... Something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So much for our ever after. Did you sleep with her? No. Life is short and life is strange. Troubled now and troubled past. Times have changed, they rearrange. And little girls grow up so fast. Feel it, how it grows inside me. Swirling ball of anguished cries. Haunted, daunted, so unwanted Feel its anger in me rise Dream a dream, then dash another Life is there to interrupt Someone out there 
let's what, what's next all grown up sung by ivy and i really want to shout it out all grown up <laughs> i want the world to know <laughs> You just brought. It's actually pronounced all grown up. You you illiterate cretin. <laughs> Each and every day is like a mini vacation. All grown up with you. <laughs> all right, I don't have anything else to say about this song. <laughs> I was curious what the context was in your version. Uh, which song is this? Because I don't really go by. This names is Ivy's song where she's like really sad and kind of vents out oh is this after she's pregnant or whatever yes yeah there's not really much context to this is there she's she's pregnant and jason says he's not gonna help her okay okay so that that helps me a bit all right keep going yeah wait wait no this might be before jason says that is it no it's not i try to remember when jason says that he's not gonna help her i think that's in the song following called promise it's either that or it's from the song Touch My Soul, but I don't think it is. I think no, that's no, from no. later on. That's later on. Yeah, no. So, yeah, he, she just found out that she's pregnant and she hasn't talked to him yet. Mm-hmm. So that's when, that's when this is. All right, let me tell you what the song is about in my version. It's about her confessing um, to Nadia that she did have an affair with her teacher, and it ends with her revealing that she's pregnant to Nadia. Is this the teacher's baby? Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Jason's. So is Nadia the bad guy in the in the the rework one? No, she really isn't though. <laughs> she does some bad things, but say, she's not the antagonist. I would say straight up Matt is the bad guy in this version. He's the closest thing to a bad guy in my version too. Oh, okay. I mean, he has the bad guy haircut and everything. He's played by the short guy from Be More Chill in my version, which I think is funny. Oh, that's interesting choice. <laughs> so but, this in in yours, she confesses everything to Nadia. Yes. What brings her to do that? That's interesting. Who else can she talk to? Because she can't get Jason alone. Probably anybody but the person who hates you, right? <laughs> it was kind of like I need to vent to someone, and that's your roommate, and she's always there. Yeah, mistake. <laughs> Just like having a baby. Ooh. Take that, pregnant mothers! Yo, all you Catholics out there, put your condoms on. Come on. Just just pull out and come on her tummy. That doesn't work, Jess. That's where the baby's made anyways. You're just putting it in the same (laughs) spot. You you come in a belly button, same result. Same result. In fact, it's actually easier to get pregnant that way. (laughs) Andrew, I got a question. Um, what happens, how does Ivy confess to Jason that she's pregnant, in um, your version? I, there's like, there's like a song where they're going back and forth, and I think Jason thinks that she's just trying to get back with him, but she's trying to tell him that she's pregnant, and then eventually it finally comes out, and then Jason, like, loses it a little bit. Alright, so here's how it happens in my version, where it's like, amp up the drama! Okay. So he has been ignoring ignoring Peter and Ivy for a while, and then he just misses Peter so much he comes to see him for like something platonic, like getting his picture taken for the yearbook. They start making out, and he's like, I promise to be with you forever. I want to come out. Like, we're going to be happy forever. And then Ivy comes in and is like, excuse me, Peter, can I have a moment alone? And then Peter's like listening into the door and she tells him he's pregnant. And then Matt storms in and says, like, you're pregnant with his boyfriend's baby. And it's like. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little bit goofy. It is. But it works. You're pregnant with his boyfriend's baby. (laughs) <laughs> but it explains it for the dum-dums and I'm like I'm keeping up with the plot at least hey I understand what's happening now <laughs> you know when do they get hit on the head with a coconut for you Jess so you can laugh <laughs> that's how he dies in my version a stray coconut <laughs> he got hit on the head with the coconut <laughs> let's talk about bear Wait, so when when Jason dies, does Matt run out on the stage and he goes, He just died no! because he was upset. My boyfriend <laughs> died from taking too many hallucinogens. <laughs> but he's also leaving behind a pregnant girlfriend. 
oops. And then, uh, then curtains. <laughs> <laughs> So Bear, the song that he and Peter, Jason and Peter sing to each other, basically right before he dies, like admitting that they always loved each other. Yes. I love this song. What about it? I love this scene real a lot. I think it would be better if he didn't die afterwards, but... You whatever. see, this scene only works if he dies afterwards, in my opinion. I don't think the way he dies works, but if they're going for this Romeo and Juliet kind of theme they got here where they admit they die but one of them is doomed to die because he did something fucking stupid yeah that's kind of how i feel during this the same way that juliet not a romeo not realizing that juliet's just faking it's supposed to be that I kind get of it. situation but and, and if it was better set up it would have worked really really well right now i just think it works okay I'm going to counter with uh, Romeo and Juliet dying at the end also sucks. Okay. And Romeo let, and Juliet sucks. Are you going to say that to William <laughs> Shakespeare himself? Are you going to tell William Shatner you don't like his play? Uh, if, he was, if he was alive, I would tell him that Romeo and Juliet sucks and I don't like it. Just let him live happy ever after. What the fuck? Come on. Gay people can't live happy ever after before 2005, Andrew. Thanks, Obama. Obama let gays live in harmony. Didn't you know this, Andrew? And then the great Saint Obama came down and granted them happiness forever you, after. You see, Andrew, there is only three ways a musical can end. One of them is a marriage, one of them is a courtroom, and one of them is a funeral. <laughs> Those are the only three ways that they can end. And since gay That's marriage wasn't legalized and there's no reason for gays to be in a courtroom, they all have to die. Um, well, I mean, the gays could go to court to get gay marriage legalized. Could end it that way. That would make them active characters in their own story, and we can't have that. That's true. Or we could have it take place in 2019, and it could end with a marriage. That would have been nice. That would have been nice. Why can't we just have happy endings? Why can't all musicals just end with, hello, Dolly? Man, I I do like happy endings. <laughs> I also like bittersweet endings, but this one's not bittersweet. It's just bitter. What do you think is the most bittersweet ending we've ever watched? Uh, I'd have to think on that. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. There was there was a few good ones that I did like, but I can't quite remember. I think Parade was one of them. You Parade's think that's bittersweet? Bitter, I think that musical's just kind of a bitter ending. I think that one's just kind of straight bitter. Although that one, it builds up to a lot more, and it's a little more earned. Because yes, with that I agree. one, the whole entire thing is building up to him dying, basically. Whereas with this one, he just kind of dies at the end, and that's really it. I think that Falsettos <laughs> pulls off a bittersweet ending very well. I guess. I Where feel he... like that one's just kind of bitter, too, though. Well, it doesn't have... It gives them their last goodbye and their last moment to love each other, whereas this one does that, but one of them isn't aware that the other one's about to die, so it kind of doesn't work as well. I feel like Dear Evan Hansen was a really bittersweet ending. <laughs> Fuck you! Because, like, yeah, sure, get happily ever after, but Evan Hansen's still alive. So, it's kind of bitter. <laughs> it's a bittersweet ending for the audience. <laughs> Knowing yeah, that Evan audience. Hansen still roams out there in the world. <laughs> It could happen to you. <laughs> it's like it's like the when you watch a horror movie and the final title card says based on a true story. <laughs> he could he was never found. Evan Hansen was never tried for his crimes. He is free to this day. <laughs> ah sh You're right. Ah shucks. <laughs> All right. 
Um, I feel like we've gone long enough on Bear. What What is your overall thoughts here? You know, Bear isn't great. I don't think it's terrible. I think the newer version is better. Come at me, haters. You're fucking wrong if you don't think it's more streamlined and more sensical. I don't care if you really like playing Jane Fatass or like A Quiet Night at Home or the way that you and I was originally written. Story-wise, it is a more effective story told in a better way. And you know what? Don't act like Lucas is like some great character with some great development. Andrew doesn't even remember he fucking existed and he watched that. I did watch the whole thing and I actually don't remember that character whatsoever. <laughs> so come at us haters. Eat Andrew's ass. Um I don't know Eat my ass. <laughs> Andrew, what is your overall <laughs> thoughts and your cheese rating? What's your cheese rating? You didn't give one. Um why should I? Whatever. Okay, okay do you want to know my overall... cheese rating? I can give you a cheese rating. I'm sorry. Sure. Um, I am giving my, the cheese bare bones mac and cheese because you know bear. Yeah, but I, I get it. I you get, get it, it. Bear, you get it. Bear. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'm gonna give it. Um, let's see. Well, overall thoughts. It's okay. I really don't like the ending. If I haven't made that clear. Um, I do like some of the drama stuff though. I, I you know, I kind of, I'm, I'm into the whole uh, love square. Thing. I think it's fun. I had a little bit of fun with that. I would have preferred if there was a little more focus on the second, on like a secondary couple, which I think yours actually did get. Yes. Um, so I maybe would have liked that better. Um, but you know, I think it was it was interesting. Uh, I wish it had more resolution, and uh, I feel bad for Ivy. Uh, everyone, send send your money to Ivy's GoFundMe to help her raise her child, please. Maybe I can get her pregnant. I. You probably could, like, in, like, a literal sense, but I'm not sure it would be a good idea. Um, as you're, far as a cheese rating... You're right, her teacher probably gave her an STD. Oh. I mean, Ooh. I wouldn't know. I didn't watch that version. <laughs> uh, as far as a cheese rating, I'm gonna give it, like, a provolone. For, for literally no reason at all. I'm just, I'm giving it provolone. I like provolone. Okay. It's fine. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little mad at this because I actually really like Provolone, <laughs> and I think that's wow. too kind. Okay, I mean, what do you want me to give it? Mozzarella? Mozzarella's too good. Yeah, it's too good. I can't give it mozzarella. What's like that I'll give like, it, stinky I'll give cheese? It Parmesan. I'll give it Parmesan, because Parmesan is like, it's good, but you'd really, you'd only eat it like if it was on spaghetti or something like that. You're not going to eat Parmesan by itself, so. Before we move on to shilling ourselves, can I ask you a question? Sure, sure. What do you got? So they're making a film adaptation of this. On January 2nd, 2018, it was announced that Bear would be made into a motion picture directed by Kristen Hange and produced by Hilary Buterak Weaver and Janet Billing Rich. Hange will adapt the screenplay for the film, but no release date has been set. How the fuck do you make this into a movie? And how the fuck does it get released in 2019 or 2020 or how it doesn't fit in today's zeitgeist at all? It wouldn't work. Uh, like, honestly, the only way it works is if they really play up the Catholicism aspect of it. And, yeah, I uh, honestly, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand why you'd make a movie out of this. Is there even that much of an audience for that? Like, it, am I wrong? I've never heard of this before. Like, I've heard of, like, Rent. I've heard of that. Like, I understand why you'd make a movie out of that. I've never heard of this before. Is this a mainstream thing that I don't understand? It never made it to Broadway. I don't know. That seems bizarre to me. But would they use my version or your version, do you think, from what you've heard? They'd be using yours, because it's a movie. They they can't have it sung constantly. I mean, they could, but it's going to be a lot more work, and I doubt they're going to do that. Hey, just wait for Les Mis. <laughs> yeah, Let's I'm mean, trying to pull Miz it off. Well, Les Mis is a pretty big name, so... <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Please follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher at Musicals with Cheese. We're on Twitter at Cheesy Musicals. Our Patreon is Musicals with Cheese. Our Instagram is Musicals with Cheese. Our YouTube page is Musicals with Cheese. Our email is MusicalTheaterLives at gmail.com. We also have a second podcast. Two podcasts? What? Gee, Billy, your mom lets (laughs) you have two podcasts? 
Damn, son, where'd you find this? <laughs> it's called Disney Plus <laughs> Cheese. It's a sister podcast of this show where we talk about stuff on Disney Plus. It's a lot of fun, so why don't you go over there and leave us a review or something. Our title card was created by the absolutely incredible Jolene Casco. Follow her on Instagram, at Jolene Casco. Andrew, is there anything else you want to say? Um, let's see. That's all, folks. <laughs> are you there? Are you there? I don't know if you are there. You know what? Maybe they're not there. Yeah, we can only hope God doesn't exist. All right, we'll see you next time, guys. <laughs> hope you enjoyed this episode, Mina Maniri. We love you, Mina Maniri. Thanks for your money. Thanks for your money. <laughs> Sorry we didn't love your show as much as you probably do. But you're fr- feel free to continue loving your show. It's fine. Feel free to think that we have terrible opinions. We're allowed to have terrible opinions. Everyone is allowed to have one terrible opinion, but everything after that is worthy of execution. Andrew, what's your terrible opinion? Well, um, let's just say that, and then we'll end the show right there. Okay, we're gonna cut right there. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.